This is Stephanie, and this is the Mocha Minutes Podcast. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let you know about something that's a little new here at the Mocha Minutes Podcast. We are now participating in Buy Me a Coffee. So, If you haven't heard, buymeacoffee.com is a place where you can show some um, support and some love monetarily to some of your favorite content creators. That includes me. (laughs) Um, So it's in the increments of either a dollar, three dollars or five dollars. And you can do as many as you would like. Um, So I just wanted to let you guys know would love, love, love some support. So if you would go to buy me a coffee.com backslash mocha minutes. I would greatly appreciate it. It will also be in the show notes. Okay, here we go. Somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight. Someone's thinking of me. And loving me tonight Somewhere out there Someone singing a prayer That we'll find one another In that big somewhere out there And even though I know how very far apart we are, it helps to think we might be wishing on the same bright star. And when the night wind starts to sing a lonesome lullaby, it helps to think we're sleeping underneath the same big sky. Somewhere out there, if love can see us through, then we'll be together somewhere out there, out where dreams come true. Hello, welcome to the Mocha Minutes Podcast. I am Stephanie. Thank you for joining me. So I thought this would be a good time to have another conversation series. So this series is about therapy in the Black community. So a lot of us have heard the adage, you can be black or you could be crazy, but you can't be black and crazy. A little dated, there's some nuance that is missing, but all of us have heard that. Hence why you see a lot of, still to this day, um, 
There are people in our community who are still reluctant to go to therapy, therapy for themselves, couples therapy. If you watch Love and Marriage Huntsville, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, therapy is still like a taboo thing and it shouldn't be. So I wanted to have this conversation series and I'll you know, be very transparent here as I try to do as much as I can. So for everybody, I think everybody's clock for the pandemic and when the world shut down, at least for us here in the US, in March. Some people were March 1st, mine was March 13th. That's the day where I realized that was the last day of things being how they were before. I'm trying to walk away from being saying normal because that's subjective at this point. Um, so the first couple of weeks of, hey, you, you are like, don't have to travel to go to work, no traffic, dealing with the shuttle, not having your favorite, you know, coffee flavor at 7-Eleven when you're running late. Yeah, so okay, maybe that's just me. Maybe that is just me. That is totally fine. Um, then maybe around, because I mean, for March, you know, mid-April was fine. And then the walls started getting really thin around uh, May. And I realized that I'm in my home alone, by myself. I'm quarantined um, solo. And it was a lot. It was where that was the point where I realized that I am an extrovert. Kind of like you take, you know, if you are someone who's in corporate, you've taken the Myers-Briggs and you know your letters. And, you know, I definitely saw the E. The e, it was an E and I can't remember if it's E-N-T-J or I can't remember my letters. I really can't. But I'm not sure why I was under this impression that I wasn't an extrovert. And it didn't really resonate with me until literally I didn't have people around me. And it was hard, right? It was just hard to fathom, hard to talk about. Um, I found myself crying a lot. It was a lot going on in Stephanie. You know, I had to take a break from Mocha Minutes um, because I need to. I needed to recenter myself. I needed to refocus because I will tell you, if you are someone who is um, podcasting, starting the podcast, thinking about podcasting, one of my best tips is do not just push out content just to have content. One, that's not giving your best self to your content. And two, your audience will notice. I mean, you may have a Samaj in your life who will remind you how long it's been since you recorded. But um, believe me, he would notice like if he heard weird content going, what's going on? Are you okay? So I tell everybody, if you are having you know, it's a lot going on in your life or it is, you know, you're having a time. Don't just push out com content just to have content. So, so, that. so I had to take a little bit of break and recenter myself. But the other toil, toils, huh, tools that I had, one, a good supportive base, good friends, good family. I Google Duo was my friend with my mother. Um. I had friends that were close by and, you know, it's, it was still like, you know, it still was virtual, but at least it was communication. But one of the tools I had was therapy. So I, I already had, you know, it was kind of like 
when you find the therapist and the person that works well with you, that becomes your person. And I found my person. So I'm glad I already had her in place with me. Um, because it helped out so much. And I thought about this because there are people who were now trying to get into therapy because of um, the pepperoni pizza. And I try not to say the other P word is like Voldemort. You don't, you know, he who shall not be named. The thing that shall not be named and we're gonna just give them different names <laughs> for some odd reason. Um, I, I just have Voldemort, so I don't know how good of a Harry Potter fan I am, but yeah, you know. Um, well, there are people who are trying to navigate what to do because for me, I've been in therapy for a few years, so I have I know what my monster is called, what my monster is made of, um, what kind of monster I have. Uh, you may have heard the term depression monster. Some people have a bipolar monster, whatever your monster is called, or what you know, the color of fur. Um, I'm thinking about my monster. My monster is definitely. <laughs> Everybody names their monster different things. I feel like if I were to give mine a name, my depression monster would be named Matthew. Um, Matthew gets on my nerves. Um, not only because he decides to like attack me at inopportune times and also because he hates me. So... I know about what my diagnosis is and I know the tools that I've been given because it's not that you wish it away or pray it away. It's just that you now have tools to fight it. And that's part of therapy. I've also seen the rumblings since we're still in the pandemic of people talking about therapy is just, you know, coming so someone can talk about your feelings and make you feel better. And I'm like, that's not really what therapy is. Um, Therapy is more about healing yourself from your trauma. Therapy is not about fixing other people. It is just helping you deal with other people. <laughs> it's helping to fix you. It's giving you tools on how you should um, interact and how you should navigate this thing called life, as the great one said. Because sometimes it's just hard. Um, and being in the pandemic, not being able to be out in public places because people don't want to get vaccinated, nor do they want to wear a mask. They just want to, they just want to vitamin C it and alkaline water it away. Um, that becomes very troublesome because what happens is that everybody doesn't get the same thing when, you know, if you do test positive, um, it's not just a simple cold. Um, we were behind the eight ball. It's a lot going on. Still add on, people still have to live. The world did not shut down and bills didn't stop. Um, babies didn't stop being born. People didn't stop getting sick from other things. Shootings, car accidents, heart attacks, surgeries, that didn't pause. The world still paused and then we just have to change it. And then people are noticing that 
hey, th- I don't feel normal or I feel off and I don't know what it is because now we have the discussion of COVID depression where you see people like a Robin on Potomac saying, I'm sleeping longer. It takes me so long to get out of bed. I, I can't move. And now she's getting help. And then that was something that I noticed. It didn't seem like she had went to therapy like that before, meaning that she wasn't in therapy. And now it's like, when you're dealing with something that doesn't have a name, people don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it. They don't, they're like, why are you being so normal? You're not like this. And you have to combat that. But again, in our community, it's, you can be black or crazy. You can't be black and crazy. And also there for a lot of things, prayer works on a lot of things, but you can't pray it away either. And I think now you see, um, churches walking away from that notion that therapy is not of God or like, you know, it's like you shouldn't be doing that or taking antidepressants or anything, anything that you need to correct the chemical balance within you. We're walking away from that, which is a very good thing. Not saying everybody needs to take medications or anything like that. It's more of, there are these things called Christian therapists. Faith can be instilled into your therapy. It's therapy and a therapist. And if you need to, antidepressants, um, anti-anxiety medications, anything that you need, that can just be building your arsenal of maintaining your healthy self mentally. It's easy to diagnose physical health, but mental health problems we have an issue with and we don't want to talk about it. Because we don't want people looking at it like we're weak. If you go to therapy, you're weak. You're not. I can tell you that you're not. And it's just one of those things where we just have to call a thing a thing. It's like you need more in your arsenal. And it's okay to talk out your feelings. It's okay to get help on how to navigate the pitfalls of life now that we are still 18 months later still masking up we're get we're trying to work towards current immunity and it's an uphill battle it's like trying to ice skate uphill with people basically fighting against it using terms like um don't bully me into getting it uh what about my rights freedom of choice is that and the third as if we haven't had millions of people sick Almost a million people have died from this. So no one wants to do what we can to get to herd immunity because we're under the impression the shots that you got when you were a kid were not vaccinations. They were. You had to get vaccinated to come to public school. Um, They're getting where they can now do exemptions um, in school, but just know you got to have either a medical exemption or a religious exemption. I don't even know with um, with COVID, it's a little bit more difficult because there may be things alert that you have an allergy to in the shot. That is not what's going on with a lot of people who are anti-vaxxers. They are not doing it because they're allergic. They're doing it because they don't want to. They don't want someone to tell them what to do. That is another conversation and I'm not getting into that because my God, 
if you are like me, you know and love people who work in the medical field and they have been masking up Pfizer M95 mask since March of 2020. 2021 fall of 2021 and they're still doing it we used to like at a certain time they used to stand on the back when they clap y'all not doing it anymore please know they're still working in these hospitals because folks won't mask up or do the necessary thing or get a vaccination shot because there is like it won't cure covid that's not how vaccinations work Cures have to be with things that you already have, not if it's a vaccination. No vaccinations are 100%. This is, I'm sorry, this is not what we came to talk about. <laughs> we came to talk about, but I just um, wanted to include that. So let me get off, oh, let me stop being so tangential. So I wanted to have a conversation series about therapy in the Black community. So I'm asking some people to help me and I'm so glad I had these voices. So the first person you're gonna hear is Sharon Kelly. She's a Christian therapist. She utilizes her faith and instills faith into her practice in helping people. I'm glad that I was able to start with her because I think that was the thing. Everybody thinks if you are a person of faith, therapy is like it's like you don't believe in god which is so super weird um the blood never loses its power and god calls therapists too because this is a lot of work so i'm so glad to have sharon kelly here from hope and faith counseling so thank you so much thank you so much for tuning into this and without further ado here is my conversation with sharon Hello, and welcome back to the Mocha Minutes podcast. I'm Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, even though I'm back from hiatus, already I am thinking of, I had a thought about a conversation series because especially for our community, the Black community, there's a lot of conversations we need to have. Um, we've had the tip of the iceberg conversation about colorism, talking about transphobia and our community. And now I want to have a conversation about therapy. Uh, with the onslaught of COVID, uh, everything that comes along with COVID is not just a pandemic, um, just a pandemic. It's also adding on people losing lives. They're losing loved ones, they're using cars, <laughs> housing mm -hmm. they've lost jobs there's a lot of loss and mm -hmm. as someone who has depression i have noticed that um my depression has episodes of more heaviness and i'm like wow so now we're having more free conversations about therapy within the black community so i wanted to bring in some voices of people who one know all about therapy. I'm someone who knows about therapy. So I will be having conversations with not only folks who have conversations about the benefits of therapy, therapy, but also folks who have gone through therapy and they know like how it is helped. So the first voice that I wanted to bring is um, 
Sharon. Sharon is, she's a, she's a Christian woman who also believes in therapy. I think that's the other part of it is that when we talk about Christian, black, black Christians, they're like, oh, we just pray it away. And it's like, yeah, so God created therapists too and therapy and he created, he puts rams in the bush when it comes mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. So being mm-hmm. a Christian does not mean that therapy does not work. So thank you so much, Sharon, for being here with me. How are you this evening? I am doing well. I am excited um, about this discussion and I am uh, so very happy and and thankful that you have invited me. I appreciate you taking the time. I have to say, it's interesting when we talk about therapy for black people, because you would think trauma is in our DNA and we can't heal if we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes to you because you are someone who I want to say administers therapy but you also reap the benefits of therapy if you if someone said I got all this heavy stuff on me I don't know how to deal with it what would be your pitch on why you should start a journey with therapy okay okay good question so if someone comes to me first and say I have a a lot of stuff going on me going on with me um what should I do? Where do I start? Because I'm a believer in Christ, I am going to say pray. I am going to say mm. to do that. Um, and then after further discussion uh, or, and listening more, I may consider um, I may consider or recommend that that person seek um, therapy or outside help from a, a uh, licensed, experienced clinician. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's interesting that we don't, we don't quantify therapy as a way to supplement your Christian walk. I think that's the most interesting thing. It's like, you can add other stuff to it. You Mm -hmm. seeking therapy doesn't mean you stop believing. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very true. You know, it's kind of like you just sit here going, but that's why God created therapists. He has created us to help mm-hmm. other people and I, mm-hmm. I it's the old adage and I and I don't say at, say old and adage it so sounds so weird when I say it but a lot of black people recognize this you can be black you can be crazy but you can't be black and crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. never going to work it's like when you think about psychological issues mental health issues a lot when we talk even with COVID COVID, um, most recently, meaning Lisa's husband, Greg, passed away from colon cancer. And you think about it, it's like any kind of health issue, our community is disproportionately higher than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like For mental sure. health issues, do it's not even excluded. And as someone who in previous life has seen that up close, um, yeah, you wouldn't believe how many people literally you see, and it's like because they're black people, they're kind of just thrown away. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like what we need to help because once people go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like you just go, oh, 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 good lord, I just, I guess, yeah, I think, go ahead. Oh, I think historically, in the, in the, Black community, um, I think that it was 
you you were judged if you even appear to have any kind of mental health condition, whether it was depression or anxiety, you were judged for that. And, um, and the thought was that whatever's going on, you can deal with it and handle it yourself. You know, you don't need to seek counsel per se. Um, and that has been the way of thinking for a very, very long time um, within the black community and within in many other, you know, cultural, um, cultural groups as well, but certainly within our community, it was looked and frowned mm-hmm. down upon. So with that said, though, we've come a long way, you know, to come back here to the present, we've come a long way and people are much more open um, in discussing the fact that they are um, in therapy and they're seeking counsel or seeking help from um, a, you know, a clinician you know, someone, again, that's experienced and, and trained. So I'm hearing more and more about it. We're having these kind of conversations, you know, via podcast. I know there were many churches during the, uh, during the COVID season and today mm. that held uh, mental health forums that went live on Facebook and Instagram. So, so the times have changed and um, we're talking more openly about it. And I think there's less judgment that's going on. And um, we have people that are engaged in therapy of all ethnic groups, whether they're Asian, Indian. So again, it doesn't just, it just doesn't start and stop with um, the African-American community. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you bring up a really good point because when we think about therapy and now you're seeing, cause I mean, when you said your church did, it, I said, that is amazing that they're saying therapy is for everybody because mm-hmm. it, it used to be so taboo that churches would not talk about it because sometimes, and it could, it's, it wasn't everybody. That's not, like y'all, that's not what I'm saying, but sometimes you would hear it from the pulpit people saying, no, you just got to strengthen your belief. It's like mm-hmm. oh, me having a mental mm-hmm. health issue. Cause sometimes it is like, genetics and it's hereditary mm-hmm. so it's kind of like mm-hmm. i was born with this it doesn't mean i don't believe and so to see many churches going hey i might not need to supplement something with your faith it, i think is amazing because we've gotten oh, to yeah. place even when i think about because i believe you do like group sessions and i do i used to think about group not i but you would see group sessions it would be people who are battling addiction Mm-hmm. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's the group therapy, like, oh, it's good. I have my sponsor and people at my meeting, I could talk to them. But now you're saying more people have group therapy because it's not just about coping with an addiction. Correct. That's it's, right. like, and, and- it's like, I need somebody that can understand. They don't have the exact same walk as me, but it's like, you get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, the group support mm-hmm. has gone on for a very long time whether it was in the in a in a uh, sort of form format or AA format, but these days with everything going on, we have uh, support groups for parents that's lost a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we have support groups for someone that may be struggling with with cancer. Um, so the the group format, support group format, has has gone on for years. Mm-hmm. So that you know, thankfully is not new on the scene, but they're, they're expanding. Right. So now they are groups for people that struggle with anxiety or um, people that struggle with uh, depression or people that 
have been sexually or physically abused. You know, they're support groups for for many populations today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think I may have mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, it's on Twitter and sometimes people just say things and they're like, oh, it's just my opinion, but they're speaking in absolutes. I'm like, so you're not speaking your opinion. You're speaking as if this is fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who are going, I'm like, y'all just pay therapists to, to lie to you. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? or they're like, you just doing that because you want to make yourself feel better. You want someone to pump your head up. And it was like, so that's not the, that's not what therapy is for. And a therapist is not here to fix other people. They're here to fix you. So if mm-hmm. you are lying to your therapist, why are you lying to someone that you are literally using your health insurance? Because also on the health insurance side, that has gotten better. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, it's not like a big inconvenience if I want to see a therapist. It's like, there are different jobs that actually offer as part of being an employee where mm-hmm. you can actually go to see a therapist for free, which is like amazing. A lot of people don't know that. They're like, oh, I, I can't go because if I tell my boss, they're going to think I'm crazy. I'm like, so that's not one, there's HIPAA. And two, that's not how that happens. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. I mean, they have what is called the employee assistance programs that is mm-hmm. through our employer. And depending on where you work, they have... Um, providers within the institution, particularly mm-hmm. medical institutions mm-hmm. that may provide, they, they may work with you and, and provide services for a couple of sessions. And then if they find that you need more intense help, they will refer out within a community. Um, but yeah, many of our employers have what we call EAP, Employee Assistance Program. And what you said is right. There is HIPAA and you are definitely protected. So what is said between you and the provider, it should stay between you and the provider. So that's, again, another place or another form that we can seek help. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody's like scared. They're like, oh, if I go, my boss is going to retaliate. It's like, so first of all, it's completely confidential. Mm -hmm. Everybody, if you don't know, definitely look for employee assistance. It's probably on your benefits page on for your employer. So definitely go and look your one. There are policies put in place that your boss cannot retaliate against you so Mm -hmm. don't worry Mm -hmm. about that but I think it still is that fear because we're still dealing with people it's like that's what happens when it's like we're Mm -hmm. dealing with robots we're like oh no it's definitely not gonna happen but with people it's like oh but again it's completely confidential I I think it's still that fear of oh my god you're gonna think I'm crazy I'm like no there's nothing wrong with asking for help Mm -hmm. it's it's just not it's like there's there's Mm -hmm. so much going on And when you think about it, though, yeah, go ahead. If our blood pressure is high, we're going to see a doctor Mm -hmm. who could prescribe meds for high blood pressure that is seeking help, you know, around health. Um, If we're struggling with uh, headaches, what are we going to do? We're going to see a doctor, be evaluated, be assessed. If Mm -hmm. we're struggling with, um, let's just say diabetes or something like that, what do we do? We seek help. We get Mm -hmm. advice. or we are evaluated or assessed by a medical provider. And then we make decisions on how we're gonna to respond to what's going on with us from there. It doesn't change, that whole context does not change when you're seeking out um, therapeutic help. It doesn't change. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's, it's a very good point because I can't remember, I think it was an actor who said that if it's a physical, physical health, it's like, it's easy to go, oh, of course you're going to get help. If your leg's broken, of course you're going to get help. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Dealing with 
your mood and your, your emotions and something inside a mental health issue, they're like, what you, you seem fine. Mm-hmm. You seem fine. And mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that mm, it's, mental health is weaponized against black people but if someone does something to a black person it's like oh they must have a mental health issue oh okay mm-hmm. we should feel sorry for them mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like wait a minute it's like but if black people have a mental health issue it's like no it's like we do something if we were to say oh i don't know shoot up a church it's like oh no mm-hmm. it's not a mental health issue we are evil mm-hmm. but let someone shoot up a black church it's like oh he must have a mental health issue or he could be mm-hmm. evil not saying he doesn't, I'm not discounting it, but it's kind of like we can't have the benefit of there might be something there. It is, mm-hmm. no, it's like we're just evil. We're just wired to be extremely violent because someone lied and said things about Black people in old medical books. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Black women are not genetically predisposed to having a higher pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. That's not so- true. <laughs> It's, and it sounds like you're saying we're judged if we seek help, you mm-hmm. know, for some type of, uh, you know, situation we have going on and yeah. we're judged if we don't seek help, you know, we're labeled as what crazy if we don't seek help, if we do still, if we seek help, um, then we're still judged, yeah. you know, but ultimately you have to make the decision to take care of not only your physical health, but your emotional health as well. Both are as, both are as important and they also affect each other. So if your emotional health is not good, that's going mm-hmm. to impact your physical health. And the same way, if your physical health is not good, it's going to impact your emotional health. This, just think about it. I mean, if you are struggling with back pain or, or again, headaches, um, and depending on the severity of it, that can really begin to stress you out. Mm-hmm. And what can come from stress? either anxiety or levels of depression, whether it's at a mild level or moderate level or severe level. So, you know, again, I just want to point out that emotional health is as important as physical health. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think you've, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen the conversations in the whispers of um, black men being like, we need safe spaces. And that's a whole different conversation, but yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and they want to have like, we should be like, like to talk. We need to find, you know, we need group therapy. We need support. And I was like, so I have theories on this, but I'm gonna leave y'all alone. But the other point is that actually is needed because for a lot mm-hmm. of us, it's kind of like, yeah, work through it. Don't like, you don't, no, no, go to the barbershop and talk to your barber, mm-hmm. your therapist. And it's mm-hmm. like, he's he's not a therapist he's just styling your hair or cutting mm-hmm. your hair or giving you a fresh save um so i'm glad there are support groups and i'm glad there are more people talking about it and more people being honest about you know like hey i'm having i'm struggling with my mental health today you know i'm a little bit mm-hmm. I, i'm dealing with i'm having a depressive episode i'm seeing more people say i'm having depressive episodes too mm-hmm. i'm just sad mm-hmm. i'm in a phone i'm like you might be but also it's okay to say, "Hey, I'm having a, I'm having a rough time right now." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all struggling with something. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what has taken place over the past year, and to some degree, even today. Yeah. You know, and with COVID, yeah. and we've, like you started out saying, we've lost um, a lot of people during that season. And when you lose someone, there's usually grief that comes behind that, 
which could again put you on that path of depression. It doesn't have to, but it can. Yeah. Um, so we've we've lost a lot of our loved ones and friends, or know someone that's lost someone during uh, during this COVID season. So we have that, and then we have just like the the murders that are taking place on the street. Mm-hmm. We have that which we hear every day. Um, the kids that are being killed by their parents, you know, all of that stuff is stressful and it is traumatic. It's very traumatic. So my thoughts are, who isn't in therapy these days? Not right. who is and who needs <laughs> it. Who you? isn't in therapy these days with everything that is going on? Oh. How, how can you not be? You know, and if you're not in a formal therapeutic setting, mm-hmm. are you talking with your pastor, you know, or, or even your nurse or your doctor, if they're willing to listen. So, but these days, I think all of us to some degree could benefit. <laughs> That's right. all I'm saying. Right. No. And there's I too much going on. There's way too much going on. Cause you're right. I'm glad you brought up the fact that, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and usually I joke mm-hmm. and call it panini press and puplum dress and it's fine. It's, <laughs> they call it by its name pandemic, but still there were like literal, <laughs> murders of black people by police departments and people were still out marching protesting in a pandemic and Mm -hmm. now you're seeing you know the end of the george floyd case where the person is actually like convicted and went to jail and was found guilty Mm -hmm. and honestly at the time i was like i didn't think he was gonna it was gonna happen Mm -hmm. like he got Mm -hmm. was guilty on all counts i'm like wow that that's a lot but then you see the folks of um people who are family members of previously slain people they're like excited but then it's the notion of my family member is not going to do this i think it was sandra bland's cousin saying this is great but sandy's still not here yes yeah it was just like Mm -hmm. it's like you Mm -hmm. she's like she's happy but she's also like i'm so happy for them but then it's the realization of we never got got justice for her and we're still missing her Mm -hmm. and now i'm seeing Mm -hmm. stuff about um i guess ahmaud aubrey there's something going on with his case is more um coming out and then a young man that was killed two years ago they are in like now the case is moving forward after two years Mm -hmm. this is a young man Mm -hmm. who was just like please don't hurt me he was having mental health issues as well and it was just kind of like there's the other part of it we have a police force that is not capable of de-escalating because learning how to cope with people who are having mental health issues is not part mm-hmm. of that. It may be a few mm-hmm. hours, if a few days, if that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. hi, you're still going to shoot black people because you're not even thinking, hey, they may be having a mental health episode. You're just going to kill mm-hmm. them because they're like, oh, they're violent. It's like, or you need to have some sort of thing. <laughs> like you need to have more training on de-escalation and not just shoot. Yeah. And I hope that's actually going on uh, more training within the, the police force. So. Correct. Correct. Um, I think before I let you go, I guess my one, I guess my other question would be um, when it comes to people saying, I want to start and there's still this, like, Oh my God, I want people to know, what would what would your be suggestions be for first steps of finding um, either a support group or a therapist or both? Okay, let me say this though to the to the point that oh I don't want people to know. My mm-hmm. thoughts are why not? Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, we tell point. we tell people so many other things about our personal lives and our personal business. 
why not? And the fact that you're sharing with someone that you are engaged in therapy, mm-hmm. you, you never know that could help someone else to develop a way of thinking that, oh, if this person is doing it, oh my gosh, I guess it's okay. Why not? So again, to that point, if you don't want anyone to know, my, my, my question would be, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, hashtag therapy is for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if, you're, if your thoughts are you want to um, engage in therapy, I mean, certainly as I, as I started out saying, you know, you can certainly pray if you're a believer. And I also say you can talk with your doctor. You know, I would say talk with mm-hmm. your doctors because doctors can do evaluations and assessments as well to see what's going on. So that's a, I think that's a good place to start. And, um, and then if you want to seek out therapy, if you have insurance, um, your, your, their providers that are credentialed with, um, your insurance carriers, your insurance carriers can, can, um, probably refer you to a provider. There's always, you can always go online. You can go to psychology today. They have, um, therapeutic pro bono services. Um, so there, there are many ways that you can tap into, uh, trying to find a provider. So does that did that kind of answer your question? Or it does. should I? No, that, no, okay. I think that's good. Um, because when I started my therapy journey, I my <laughs> I had a friend who was a believer. I met her in church. Um she was a social worker and she told me what site to go to. Um, I've had previous and the thing about it is I've changed therapists because of um health insurance, but honestly, mm-hmm. I got some of the best recommendations for therapists from other therapists who also mm. are in therapy. It's like, yeah, I have my, okay. like, I'm a therapist and I have my own therapist, but they mm-hmm. always had good recommendations. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, you know, what kind of therapist you look for? I'm like, for me, it was very important. I wanted a black therapist and I definitely wanted a black woman. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, cause that's a good thing about a lot of these um, databases. I think therapy for black girls is a extensive one as well. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can put in what you're looking for, but you can also do mm-hmm. that within your insurance company as well. Like, especially mm-hmm. for everybody who is employed on your, on your um, insurance plan, you can go by location. You can also put in, definitely filter things out. It's like, you can actually choose because sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody who looks like you. That's correct. You're like, cause yeah, you won't correct. feel like, and maybe not that much judgment. I, mm-hmm. I, it's like, you're like, yeah, maybe you just need someone to look like you. Like for me, that was important for other people. It's not mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, I just mm-hmm. need somebody to talk to someone who's away from the situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, sometimes you need somebody with a bird's eye view and it could be objective. So I mm-hmm. think that's for me, that's one of the one things I'm saying, like, that is why I do therapy. It's like mm-hmm. one, I need someone who one is going to listen but also say so think of this another way because I think when we get it from our family our friends is like are you saying that in judgment of me or you saying Mm -hmm. it because you know me it's like yeah sometimes you need an objective voice Mm -hmm. I agree and if I can say a couple of things before Mm -hmm. we end I just want to share um really quickly that um almost uh eight years ago actually this year I Mm. Um, lost a nephew, you know, in a fatal car accident. It was a head-on collision. So in that event, there were four people that passed away. Um, Being a therapist, did I seek out grief therapy at that time? Yes, Mm -hmm. I did. And I am Mm -hmm. glad I did. Okay. So I want to, I want to point that out. And then finally, I read something of late that I, that I always keep in mind. And I love this. And it says, therapy is not about feeling better. And this is for everyone that's listening. 
Seeking therapy, engaging in therapy is not necessarily about feeling better. It's about getting better at feeling because so often mm. we try to avoid painful feelings that can come from various stresses, whether it's finances, whether it's children, whether it's the marriage, whether it's health. Um, so often, you know, we're, we're faced with stress and pain and we want to avoid it. We want to suppress it. We want to run away from it. And we can't because that's what causes the problem. So again, therapy is not about feeling better. It's about mm -hmm. getting better at feeling whatever it is you're feeling. That, oh, I, I love the way you said that because it's very true because it's kind of like you go, oh, it's just to make, fix you. It's like, no, because mm -hmm. we're just told that, you know, it's your feelings. Mm -hmm. um, I had watched mm -hmm. what is called, um, in a, it was on Netflix and this documentary got me. It's like a little document. Netflix and HBO Max is really good for documentaries, but it was one um, called In My Mother's Garden and it was talking about the relationships between um, Black women mothers and daughters mm -hmm. and dr Brittany cooper was on there and she said um something that kind of resonated with me she said folks want you to care for yourself only to the extent that it doesn't inconvenience them oh wow and it was mm -hmm. just like well it kind of knocked me over mm -hmm. and i'm sitting here thinking that's why we have therapy because your therapist is not doing it to the to the extent that it doesn't inconvenience them. They're like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, I'm here to help you. But that's, and when I said inconvenience, that, it, it really knocked me over. I was like, oof. It's like, Cause there's so many people like, I don't feel like it's a safe space and therapy should be your safe space. Yes, safe space should. is like, it's, it's a space free of judgment. It's just a mm -hmm. bubble for you to like put your feelings out there and basically have a sounding board. And that's what should mm -hmm. be. And that's why hashtag therapy is for everybody. Because mm -hmm. you may need it in different times. It's like sometimes your therapy, therapy journey should never be over. But certain things, like if you're just doing grief therapy, it may just be for a time. But also grief is not linear. Oh, that's right. It's like you may that's need a refresher course. I'm like, I might have to go back to this grief support group. Mm -hmm. I'm having a tough time right now. but And that's okay. And and it is. I think everybody's like, oh my God, what if I have to change? I, I think there was a point when I was like my late 20s, I'd changed therapists maybe two or three times. And then I found someone that I could work with, but then I lost my job and I had to, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff. But I always give pe let people know when it comes to being a therapist, sometimes it's not your first one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you mm -hmm. don't find your person. Hopefully you do when you have a good therapist that becomes your person. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you may have to like, it's like a dating process. <laughs> that's correct. That's, that's so, so true. And and most therapists offer consultation. So do a consultation first because it does have to be a good fit. Okay. It That's definitely a good has point. to be a good fit. So most of them offer a consultation. That's about 10 minutes. It's that. So I would hmm. encourage people to do that as well. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because people are like, oh, if I pick this person, I got to stay. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very oh true. my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sharon, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, You're welcome. I hope that Sharon's words have touched someone here. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, consultation. I don't have to say yes. All right. Consultation. Great. Mm -hmm. Probably someone going, mm -hmm. oh, I can just, yeah, you can just do a, it. It's a date. It's wait a minute. <laughs> it's the talking phase <laughs> before y'all get married. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Um, so guys, we're going to be continuing this conversation. I will be back with a couple of people, some familiar voices, but probably some new voices, just like Sharon. Um, but thank you for listening. And this has been the Mocha Men's podcast. I will see you guys next time. Thanks. I've been seeing this video y'all been stitching with this black dude trying to tell people that the reason why black men date white women or women of other races is because they want peace, right? Now, let me be clear. I am specifically talking to men who intentionally go outside of the race to date and mate. I am not talking about black men who happen to meet a woman of another race and it organically happens. They fall in love. Woo, woo, woo. That's great. That's beautiful. We're all human. That's valid. I'm specifically talking about the ones who intentionally go over there because they think the grass is greener on the lighter side of the fence. The one thing I think a lot of these black men either forget or don't understand or it goes clean over their heads is that black women were in the same slavery that you were. I'm gonna repeat myself. Black women went through the same slavery that you went through. It actually could be argued that black women's slavery was worse because we were raped and had to bear the children of our oppressive rapists and then raise said children in that slavery without the protection of black men. Now, no, it's not your fault that you couldn't protect us, but we had no protection. Meanwhile, women of other races were taught to be complacent and docile in order to be protected by men. We lived in an oppressive patriarchal society where they had to have a man and needed a man. Therefore, they had to do everything they could to be pleasing to a man, right? Black women didn't have the luxury of being taken care of by anybody, period. So we were taught to survive with or without y'all. Now, this so-called peace that you claim you want, the peace you're looking for is nothing but a great value brand of whatever white men are getting. And I say that so assuredly because y'all don't have no other model. You have no other model of what manhood is supposed to be. So all you're doing is copycatting what white men have done for centuries. Newsflash, that ain't the goal. Additionally, the oppression that y'all fight outside and then claim you want to come home to some peace, y'all bring that shit into the house and now black women have to fight you because you're emulating the oppressor in our house where we supposed to have peace. So I would just really like to encourage all black men to take a step back and reflect on this whole peace thing y'all talking about with women of other races, because what you really want is somebody who's going to let you do to them what white men do to you. And I'm going to tell you right now, black women ain't going for it. If you want a doormat, baby, you looking in the wrong place. But if you want somebody who's going to hold you accountable, somebody who's going to lift you up, somebody who understands your struggle like no other person on this planet can, then hey, here we are. I'm going to say it like this and I'm going to leave it alone. Black men, we don't care why you date outside the race, okay? Just leave our names out of it when you talk about it. Because when you bring us up and compare us to other women, it doesn't sound like a preference. It sounds like that's all you could get. It sounds like that's all that will put up with you. And hmm, oh well. <laughs>